All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Welcome in to Daily Faceoff Live, your go-to source for everything hockey, live every weekday at noon Eastern. Hump day, hockey fans. Welcome in to Daily Faceoff Live, streaming on the Daily Faceoff YouTube, where we're looking for our inbox questions. So if you have one, drop it in with the hashtag AskDFO. The show, as always, is brought to you by Botano, the 2023 EGR brand of the year, and your spot. If you want to get in on some NHL action 19 plus, please play responsibly. I'm Tali Remchuk. He is Frank Saravalli, home from Seattle. Did you see the sun once while you were there? No, I didn't. Don't think I could see across the street. It was that cloudy and foggy. Uh, not much to see. And 12, 13 hours on a plane for 40 on the ground. It was a, it was a long way to go. Long way to go. Uh, let's start the show with a little just news and notes. We finally have coaching news in Ottawa. No, they're not making a coaching change. Jacques Martin has been named senior advisor to the coaching staff, Frank. Interesting, because he's the one guy that the only guy on the planet who has coached more Ottawa Senators games than DJ Smith. Interesting. Very interesting stuff in Ottawa, something to keep an eye on. Uh, but let's start the show with what you were covering out in Seattle. The Board of Governors, Gary Bettman and Bill Daly speaking to the media. Frank, we're going to talk about the best on best stuff in a little bit, but a few other things. Um, the sphere was confirmed. That is great. Hockey related revenue confirmed as well. Any surprise with that? No, I, I think everything kind of seems on track in terms of the salary cap next year being $87.7 million as 
prescribed in the CBA. As you see mm -hmm. here, uh, HRR hockey related revenue is projected at $6.2 billion this year, which would be yes, a record an increase from last year. And so, uh, that part all kind of seems in line, at least in terms of the economic state of the game. I think there's certainly some dark clouds out there somewhere to continue with the rain motif from Seattle with regards to the uh, regional TV rights contracts that the league is still trying to navigate through and what that looks like. There's a real chance that the NHL actually ends up getting those rights back at the end of this season. Uh, from Diamond Sports Group, which is the parent company of Bally Sports. So there's a lot happening in terms of the revenue portion of it, but for now, seems pretty healthy. Uh, another thing Gary Bettman said, he was he seemed pretty happy with how the Blackhawks handled their Corey Perry investigation, but said he wasn't sure if the player will need a conversation with him about getting back into the league. Did anything catch you by surprise there? No, I would say that was kind of felt like the commissioner's way of saying, no, he won't. Because okay. if he needed a conversation or a clearance to get back in, he would say Corey Perry is suspended until I say so or is unable to play until I give the green light. And I think it was really the commissioner's way of saying, yes, we approve of the way Chicago handled this investigation. Not necessarily sure that we would have done it the same way, but we're not going to be critical of the Hawks. Yeah, um, so I mean, I'm kind of putting you on the spot here with this one, but do you think Perry lands back? Is there interest? I anywhere? do. I do think that Corey Perry comes back. I, I don't think it's top of mind right now for him. I think he's working through some personal issues. He mentioned in his statement, uh, mental health and alcohol abuse. He's seeing mm -hmm. professional help. Um, I think he has to solve that before he can get back on the ice. But I do think that when he's ready, I think his statement went a long way in terms of helping people kind of get a glimpse or an understanding of what he was feeling and maybe what happened. I think we've all been there in a spot where we might've done or said something that we probably wouldn't have if we weren't under the influence who among us hasn't been there. So I think there's certainly an understanding from fans and I think teams as they begin to learn more about the situation will be in a spot where they could make a judgment call one way or another, whether he's a player that they'd like to have. But from an on-ice perspective, I don't think there's any question that there'd be a ton of interest. The one thing from Bettman and Daly that grabbed the headlines, Frank, and it was your headline over at dailyfaceoff.com, the NHL expresses concern over the 2026 Winter Olympic arena delays in Milan. And I mean, I know Bill Daly's quote was, he said, I can't say I'm pessimistic at all. Frank, as someone who has watched the NHL have to bail on multiple best-on-best -best attempts, I'm going to go ahead and say I'm pessimistic. Can you talk me off that ledge? I mean, I, I can because I think for the first time in years, like almost a decade, we're not hearing any sort of complaint or criticism with the IIHF and the International Olympic Committee in terms of paying for things that they typically should, such as insurance, travel, accommodation for players, and also their families. So it seems like they're in alignment on that front. And it kind of feels like for once, if the NHL players don't go to the Olympics, it's not going to be because of the NHL. However, I understand what you're saying. If you kind of squint hard enough, you can sort of see a ready-made excuse that was being built up as a reason for why the NHL might have to pull the plug ahead of Milan. And that is because 
They haven't put shovels into the ground yet on an arena to host the 2026 Winter Olympic ice hockey tournament. That's kind of problematic because as the league pointed out, if it's not completed until the fourth quarter of 2025, well then, that only leaves you six to eight weeks of wiggle room before the tournament would begin. You can't host an event to test it. You can't really work on the ice. There's a lot of things that would have to go into getting that ready in a short period of time. So then the next question becomes, well, what happens if they hit a major delay between now and then? And it does get pushed back. And it's quite clear that the tournament won't be able to be played in Milan at that site. There's some options kind of somewhat nearby. Two hours away, there's an arena in Torino. Uh, an hour north in Switzerland, in Lugano, there's another arena that you could host this at. But then you heard the Deputy Commissioner, Bill Daly, as you mentioned, point out, well, maybe if they're not in the Olympic experience, that players might not want to go. I think this kind of opens the door for the NHL to say later on, hey, we told you so. We're ready to go. We were here. We've got the agreement, but you guys can't get your act together. I think that's something that the NHL has certainly kind of put out there for everyone to consume as you will. What do you make of this idea of a four-team tournament coming in a, we'll call it, mini World Cup of Hockey, if you will, in 2025? Because, Frank, when I sit there and look at a tournament that would have Canada, USA, Sweden, Finland, I mean, let me, let's flash up the point leaders right now in the NHL. You're going to do something and try to do a little best-on-best best with no Kucherov, no Panarin. I know that's geopolitical and maybe a little different, but, like, no David Pasternak, no Leon Dreisaitl at this tournament, no Roman Yossi at this tournament. It feels a little silly to me. I think it's the best of what they can do right now. So it's not best on best, but because you're in a situation where Sweden and Finland have essentially piped up, as I've reported, and said, hey, if you're including Russia in this next World Cup of Hockey or best on best tournament, then we're out. So then you take Sweden, which after the U.S. and Canada is the third largest producer of NHL players, and take them out of the mix, and then Finland, just to add Russia, I, I, you're in a really tough spot. So the league can include Russia. They know they can't, at least right now as the world turns. And so they're kind of left with this idea of a more or less bastardized four-team tournament as an appetizer for the real thing at the 2026 Olympics, which again, may or may not include Russia. Listen, as a diehard supporter of Team Europe at the last uh, World Cup of Hockey, I would like it brought back. Wouldn't you have been a fan of Team North America, considering you are not just from Canada, but you also would have fit the age scheme to play on that team? I do own multiple pieces of Team North America apparel, and that is absolutely not a joke. Well, it sounds exactly on brand. Yeah, 100%. Uh, let's get to what we saw on the ice last night in the NHL. The Kings of the Road. Frank, the Los Angeles Kings have tied an NHL record with a 10th consecutive road victory to start the season. We've talked a couple of times on this show and on the DFO rundown about the incredible season Anzi Kopitar is having. He's found the fountain of youth and maybe Drew Doughty has as well, firing home the overtime winner in last night's victory over the Blue Jackets. And listen, beating the Blue Jackets right now, not all that impressive. Scoring three goals in the first six minutes and 48 seconds of the third period to erase a three-goal deficit and then winning the game in OT? Yeah, that, that's pretty impressive. This Kings team just continues to look more and more like a legit Stanley Cup contender. 
Yeah, it was the first three-goal third-period lead that was blown and ended up being a win for the opposition of the season in the entire league. So that was special. But to keep that streak going, to set uh, the NHL record, when you size up this Kings team in general, I love watching them play because they've got just about every facet of their game dialed in. They're consistent. They compete. And more than that, they always seem to be in control which is something that I think is so hugely important in the NHL. They're disciplined in the way that they approach things in Todd McClellan's system. It's annoying to play against. We've had John Goyans on to break it down in the coaches' room. Their neutral zone forecheck and how specific it is in terms of letting the play come to them. They don't run around like chickens with their heads cut off trying to make something happen. They let it come to them, and then they pounce. And that part is exciting to watch. And I can't get over the changes that they've made in net and the enormous gamble, the big bet that they placed on Cam Talbot. His numbers this season have been lights out. Um, you look at his save percentage, how good he's been, how much they're spending on goaltending. I know we had Carter Hutton on yesterday, and he was sort of poking at the idea of, hey, maybe because you look at Phoenix Copley and how he struggled, that they need to go out and get another guy to sort of play in tandem with Cam Talbot. I'm not there quite yet. It's an interesting side note to think about as we get closer to March 8th and the trade deadline. But for me, if you were to tell me right now that the Los Angeles Kings are the best team in the Western Conference, I'd have a hard time talking you off of that stance. Frank, they have 10 skaters on their team with five-plus goals this season. I know you're thinking five goals. Who cares? We're 23 games in. To have 10 guys producing at a 20-goal pace or right around there is wildly impressive. Just a quick note on McClellan. Hutton talked yesterday about the positive impact McClellan's system has on those goaltending. You talked about how they are a pain in the ass to play against. Their structure, their discipline is so good. Usually, the Jack Adams trophy comes with like a bit of a narrative, right? It's like a coach who took a team and his team just far exceeded expectations. And not that the Kings aren't far exceeding expectations, but they aren't that typical criteria for a Jack Adams coach, but I think Todd McClellan might be the best coach in the NHL right now. He certainly deserves consideration and, and an entry into that conversation because he has been a huge part of what the Los Angeles Kings have accomplished. And you look at sort of the methodical build of Rob Blake and Luke Robitaille and their staff drafting and developing. It takes a coach like that to come in and then put all the pieces together in the puzzle and have them fit nicely to the point where you also get buy-in. It might be easy for someone like Anze Kopitar who can see the big picture and is so committed defensively to get that. But to see the rest of your team, certainly with some dynamic offensive stars, to convince them that this posture is what's going to enable this team to best achieve success... That's not easy to do. It takes someone who has experience. It takes someone who can level with his players and connect with them. And also, when you take a look at this team and where they're at moving forward, maybe the most exciting part about the Kings and their arrival as maybe the top team in the Western Conference is it's probably really sustainable. They've got guys in their lineup and further down, as you see the explosion from Quentin Byfield this season, you notice that Brant Clark is still playing in the AHL on defense. This team is not only good right now, after winning two Stanley Cups in the last decade, they've got a real chance to 
bring home multiple Stanley Cups over the next decade. Speaking of interesting results last night, we're going to talk about the New York Islanders in a minute with Arthur Staple. But first, let's go to the flip side of this Kings matchup, Frank. Uh, Teresa over in our Daily Faceoff YouTube, hashtag AskDFO. Any hope for CBJ fans for front office changes they're clamoring for? I mean, is there any hope for Columbus Blue Jackets fans at all? Because it's a miserable existence right now. When you look at the fact they blow that lead last night, lose another game. And yeah, let's check the minute reports here for a couple of guys. Kent Johnson, 808, seems smart. David Juracek, 1025. Adam Fantilli, the guy who went third overall last year, 10 minutes and 11 seconds. But at least Justin Danforth played almost 20 minutes last night. Frank, uh, what the hell's going on in Columbus? It's a mess. Yeah, at least Adam Boquist played almost 25 minutes. And uh, and Peak, who was, was minus 41 last year, he played 23. That's good. Honestly, this team is an absolute mess every which way. And Aaron Portsline so perfectly points it out in his in his tweet here when he says, you can't kid yourself as much as the Blue Jackets were thinking about this year getting in the playoff mix, that where they're at in the standings and how ridiculously disappointing it's been, that they could even make a case that this season is still about this season. This team seems like it doesn't care. You mentioned miserable for fans. It looks like it's more miserable for the coaching staff listening to them talk, even though Pascal Vincent is only a quarter of the way through his first season ever behind an NHL bench. He seems like he's lost his patience. The players seem like they've had enough overall. When you look at, watch Patrick Line shift to shift to shift in any game. Some nights, you're not even entirely certain if he likes hockey. And more than that, you've got this incredible crop of young players that you've drafted well and have developed so poorly from Sillinger to now Fantilli and Juracek. And all these guys are getting a taste of all this negative energy that's floating around your team. And no one has done anything to change it. They've had a log jam on defense since training camp. And yet they're still playing the wheels off of these pieces who they couldn't give away. And then I'm at the board of governors meeting and Yarmo Kekalainen in, in Seattle is one of the very few NHL general managers that's there for a meeting that really isn't designed for general managers. And I couldn't help but think about sort of the old uh, Rome is burning. What exactly is he doing at this exact moment in time other than learning about the economic state of the game and AI? Dig in, bring your shovel. Where's your hard hat? Do, do, do the work. And that part is missing. So I don't understand what's happening in Columbus. It's a full-fledged four-alarm fire that, you know, it's it's straight up like the meme that we see all the time on social media. It's fine. We're good. And everything else is up in flames. I mean, he's going to learn about AI. Punch into chat GPT, how to fix the Columbus Blue Jackets. Maybe that, no, just... no joke. That was actually one of the messages to the Board of Governors was get, an a, get a chat GPT subscription. 20 bucks a month. It's well worth it. It's good to see his head's in the right spot. Uh, Blue Jackets fans, I'm sorry. I don't think it's getting uh, uh, much better in the near time here. In this Wholesale CBJ. changes. That's yep. what's needed. I said it from the second that they flubbed the Mike Babcock hiring. It should have been on Yarmo Kekalainen as the third longest tenured GM in the league who's won exactly one playoff series. When you have a critical hire like that and you botch it that badly, time to go. I, I don't think you're going to find someone in hockey circles who's going to disagree with you, Frank. Uh, all right, let's get to our big segment for the day. It is the All-32 with Arthur Staple. 
The All32 is delivered by DoorDash, where for a limited time, our Canadian listeners can get 25% off and zero delivery fees on their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter the code NATION25, all caps on that, NATION25. He is a hockey columnist, the New York hockey columnist for The Athletic. A pleasure to welcome Arthur Staple into the show. Uh, what the hell happened last night? That's about <laughs> as unacceptable or embarrassing as an overtime loss can get, no? Well, if you've been watching the Islanders this year, it's pretty much par for the course. Uh, it just happened against a pretty bad team, but they've blown, I think it's now 11 third period leads uh, out of 24 games, which is just a remarkable number. And there's so many numbers that make zero sense uh, with this team. They're able to get leads. They're able to get multi-goal leads um, and they just disappear. And last night was probably the most egregious, at least since last week when they blew a two-goal lead in the last eight minutes to the Devils and lost in regulation, which seemed like the worst loss of the season. So it's been a lot of worse so far. And yet still uh, with their odd 10-7-7 and record, they're still in a playoff spot. So this, there is some good with this team, but the, the bad stuff is so maddening. Uh, and the fan base has the pitchforks out for Lane Lambert right now. And it's hard to blame them. That something you'd want to have changed there. And uh, it, obviously – just the way that they're losing these games and losing these points is, is completely unacceptable. Yeah. Arthur, you had a great story yesterday in the athletic, just <clears throat> explaining the duality of this team, how some of these numbers just make your head explode, trying to figure out, you know, what is this team exactly? And so you mentioned sort of that keyword change. And I always put the Islanders in the only God and Lou note category <laughs> of what happens next. But if you were to size up or, or sort of, create a hypothetical list of things that might happen, what would be at the top of your list? I mean, <clears throat> if if you had a GM who wasn't Lou, you, you'd probably look to the coach, but, um, you know. He's, it, he's someone that's been known in his career to fire a lot of coaches. Yeah. And, he fired and a division so, leader with a, a few games left in a season one time. And, and, and certainly, right, he's, like you said, Frank, in situations where uh, the team is doing a lot better than the Islanders are doing right now. So, I don't know that that's top of his list. I think the thing you can look at with Lou is uh, he's always willing to go for it. You know, they haven't had a first round pick in four years. And I don't think at age 81, he's waiting around to see if they're going to develop any more guys. Um, so if there's a trade to be made, you know, maybe they've been linked to Noah Hannafin, who, like you said, who could possibly know. But if that's a guy that they have interest in, um you know, anything to shore up their defense right now and certainly their, their defensive zone play. Adam Pellick has really kind of been their shutdown number one guy for the last few years. He's out for probably another six or eight weeks. Um, even a guy like Sebastian Ajo, who hasn't hasn't really been a regular in the lineup, a guy who can get the puck out of the zone and carry it out. Their transition game has been awful and clearing the zone has been a problem. Uh, but the main issue with this roster is that it's so immovable. You know, Lou made the commitment last summer to re-up all of his guys to incredibly long-term deals. You know, he, the cap numbers were good on guys like Pierre Engvall and Scott Mayfield and Semyon Varlamov. But when you've got a guy like Mayfield for six more years after this year, and he made two really egregious mistakes last night that led to the last two goals in regulation for San Jose. Um, when you've got a guy like that who's on the wrong side of 30, uh, completely immovable now. A guy you could have gotten a, a decent haul for going as a pending UFA last year, going into the trade deadline and retooled that bottom pair, maybe. Um, so, you know, I think the original sin of this team happened in the summer and happened with Lou. So maybe he's looking at it as I'm not going to fire a coach to fix something that's my problem. 
And also, you can't really swap out a lot of these guys. He could maybe he could want Noah Hannafin, but you're going to have to probably give up a guy like Alexander Romanov. And what happened two years ago? He gave up a first round pick to get Romanov. So um, they're not in a really flexible cap situation. They're not really in a flexible roster situation. It kind of is what it is with this lineup. And I think if you look, if they're trying to look at the positives and say we're able to get these leads and we're scoring enough, a team that wasn't able to score a lot, their power play is is competent now. They've got two pretty good goalies. And really the issue is just the last 10 to 15 minutes of regulation. Maybe they feel like it's fixable with this group. Uh, the calls are just going to get louder and louder. And we guys were talking about Columbus and how hapless they are. Guess who the Islanders play tomorrow night? It's the Blue Jackets. So maybe it's a time for Columbus to get well and have one of those comebacks of their own because the Islanders, uh, when they take a lead, everybody starts to hold their breath around here. And that can't be good for business and can't be good for, for how the team is feeling going forward. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. You mentioned just how immovable some of these people are. Their eight highest paid forwards, I believe, are all under contract for next season as well. Like if Lou wanted to try and prove this roster, the fact that they don't have a ton of wiggle room, the fact that, you know, again, a lot of those guys are locked in, it would probably be pretty expensive to do so. Do you think it's a mistake for them to keep pushing their chips in with this roster? Or do you see the potential in this group? I mean, they're only two points away from being second in their division. Yeah, and I think they've certainly benefited from the fact that the Metro hasn't really been as advertised from the last couple of years. Carolina had, didn't come out of the gate strong. Pittsburgh is still, we're trying to figure them out. The Devils seem like they've taken a little step back, can't, you know, can't get a save. Philly has been good, but who knows if that'll sustain. Same with Washington. So the, the, the spot is there to be taken. So I think that's another reason why you don't go too crazy. But, you know, I think the thing with Lou is when he came in uh, now six years ago, he fully took control of hockey operations. Scott Malkin is a principal owner. He doesn't live in New York. He doesn't live in the United States. He's not an incredibly hands-on guy. They do talk a lot from what I understand. Um, but he is not a guy who ha has been an owner for a long time, is heavily involved with what the league does. So it's not like they have a plan B if they decide that they want to move on from Lou. Maybe the situation now is they don't want Lou to make any demonstrative moves because they want to evaluate in the offseason 
if the season does go south. Um, but if you decided to make a rash decision at the top and make some changes in the middle of the year, which would be very unlikely, Lou's taking all the all the you know pulling out all the wires and taking everything out of that front office. It's his son, it's Steve Pellegrini, who has really only worked for Lou in Jersey and here. Uh, and that's it, really, for this front office. There's nobody in waiting, really. And it's the same with the coaching staff. You know, John McClain had some had brief head coaching experience. Doug Hood has been around. But there's nobody here that that can just jump right in and, and take over. Uh, so it would be a big change. And I think that's probably part of the hesitation for Lou to making a coaching change and probably major hesitation from ownership if they wanted to move on from Lou Lamarillo. You can find him on Twitter at Stape Athletic. You can read his work over at The Athletic. Uh, Arthur, really appreciate your time today. And I love that Expos lid as well. <laughs> Thanks a lot, guys. Moving along to our daily faceoff inbox question, hashtag AskDFO. Frank, you had the tweet yesterday about Philip Broberg and the Oilers and his right to maybe go search for a new home, um, granting permission for him to seek a trade. What's the percentage chance Philip Broberg has moved in the next month in your eyes? It's probably pretty decent. I'd say okay. 60 to 70%. I think the Oilers have acknowledged that this hasn't quite worked out. I think there's... Uh, Crisis of confidence for the player. I think there's a lack of trust from now two different coaching staffs uh, to put him into the lineup and to let him go. And the pressure's on for this team to make the playoffs and to every win matters. Every game matters at this juncture of the season. They don't really have time to figure it out and say, hey, we're just going to let Philip Broberg develop here. That's not really the spot that they're in. And so the only real path to do that is to go somewhere else. And uh, obviously they're actively trying to facilitate that. You noted in your tweet that the Oilers would prefer a player over just a pick or whatever. Do you think Ken Holland and company will be successful with that? Like, I think there's always some maligned player out there somewhere. And if it's not yeah. someone that's maligned, it might be someone that's in a different situation or different spot. Someone that's a vet someone that uh, has been around, has experience. The part about the player, though, is that it's the hardest part is it's going to have to be cash in, cash out. So um, that's really the toughest spot that the Oilers are in is trying to make all of those things line up perfectly. It's it's a dance. Let's move along to our Bateno Daily Bets for the day. 19 plus, please play responsibly. Tough day for me yesterday. 0 for 2 on the betting front, but I will look to bounce back this evening. Let's flash up what we got here. Gavin, yes, the Golden Knights taking on the St. Louis Blues. And I looked at that money line price tag and I went, I really like the Golden Knights in this game here. I think they're starting to find their stride once again after a weird little blip. I like them on the puck line, plus 147. I chased the juice with the Rangers yesterday, fell flat on my face as New York did as well. But I like going back to the well tonight, a little road favorite action with the Vegas Golden Knights and a very juicy puck line bet. My shot prop parlay, I got Jake Neighbors sitting at one and a half in that game. Jake Neighbors has crushed this in six straight games. Like he's rarely even getting two shots. It's three, it's four, it's five in some of these outings. So I love that. Zach Hyman has hit seven shots on goal in two of his last three games. In his last four games, Frank, he has 23 shots on goal. He's hit this mark in six in a row. I love playing these two together. They're both on great heaters in the shots on goal department. 
plus 151 is a juicy, juicy price tag as well. So a couple of nice plus money bets for me here on a Wednesday evening in the NHL, which brings us to garbage time, which is brought to you by Wendy's and the daily face-off survivor game. For those of you who dream of smoking the competition, Wendy's is rewarding you with weekly prizes like their brand new chicken strips and French toast sticks. Frank, you still alive? Yeah, I don't want to scare anyone, but I am still alive in the Wendy's daily face-off survivor pool. There are exactly 109 of us remaining after starting the week at 826. Two for two so far. Still in, and I'm going to go with the Colorado Avalanche getting a win over the Winnipeg Jets tonight. That, to me, there's some kind of tough ones to pick. I never really know how to feel about the Boston Bruins over 19 and a half hits. Definitely not betting on Nick Robertson to get a point. Uh, Travis Konechny, already, he already got me once in the daily face-off survivor pool to get a goal. So I'm going to stick kind of with what I know, and I was either going to go Canucks over four and a half goals, Sens to get a power play goal, but I think I'm just going to keep it real simple and go Avs win over the Jets. Boston only averages 17.43 hits per 60, so I think you're smart to stay away on that one. But what do I know? I've been eliminated now. Uh, garbage time, Frank. We talked about the LA Kings. We gave them some love. I'm knocking them down a peg. Enough of the chrome helmets. I don't like them. I am not a fan. I think that uniform setup they have with that vintage LA Kings Gretzky style logo would be so sweet and so classic if they ditched the chrome buckets. Am I being a cranky old man or do you agree with me? No, I think you're being a cranky old man. Uh, I like him. It's different. No one else does it. The white gloves is part of what kind of gets me sometimes when they wear those. Um, so that part I'm a little out on, but I, I think you're right. Maybe there could be some part of it that's a little bit more traditional. How do you feel, though, about some teams wearing their road helmets with their home jerseys? Like you've seen, I don't know if you've seen recently, a couple teams have switched it up and they've been wearing the opposite helmet. How do you feel about that? I, I don't hate that as long as the colors don't clash too much. Like I've always been a fan of one. I wish the league would switch at the halfway point and the home teams would wear white for the back half just to give everyone a different look every once in a while. I also think that if the colors don't clash, both teams should be able to wear their home jerseys. Like why can't you have the Leafs in blue against the Red Wings in red or the Oilers in their blue against the Predators in their yellow? It would, it would look cool. It would bring some life, some more life to the ice. Yeah, I'd also like to just see the NHL go back to the more traditional white means home. Hmm. And I also wouldn't hate it if there was a time in the year on the schedule where it flipped and then the dark jersey was at home. So if let's say you only go to Oilers home games. Yeah, you got to see both jerseys for a period of time in the season. The AHL actually does that. Yep. I think there's it's a real easy thing to accomplish in 2023. Also, by the way. Uh, at the Board of Governors meeting, Michael Rubin was there, chairman and CEO of Fanatics, who is the NHL's official jersey partner next year. Buy Adidas, incoming Fanatics. We'll see how that works out. For uh, jersey collectors like myself and our boy Stephen Ellis, who I know is in the chat right now, um, that is good news because it means you're going to get some Adidas jerseys on cheap, cheap clearance deals over the next 12 months here. Uh, that is a wrap on today's edition of the show, as always brought to you by Botano. Big shout out to Arthur Staple for swinging by and giving us a few minutes as well. It's going to be myself and Colby Cohn tomorrow on the program. So, Frank, you enjoy the time off in the long weekend. Me and Colby going to slap it around tomorrow at noon Eastern. Look to chat with everybody then. Thanks for tuning in to Daily Face Off Live. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode. 
Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. This message comes from BOF sponsor eBay. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee. And you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewellery that makes you look like the gem, or sneakers and streetwear so fresh every step feels fly. eBay gets it. So look for the blue check mark next to that thing you love and be confident that every inch, stitch, sole and logo is checked by experts. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special coming your way this playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. And let me tell you, it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal. Every playoff game day, you're going to be faced with four questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle. And here's a sneak peek into some of those questions we'll be firing your way. First up, you got to pick the winning team. That sounds simple, right? But there's more. You got to decide if the total amount of goals in the game will be over or under a certain amount. And that's where the real strategy starts to kick in. Next up, you're picking who's going to find the back of the net first. And you're going to want to be careful because that's one that could be cooked early on in the game. And finally, you got to predict which period is going to be the highest scoring. Will it be a barn burner in the first, a shootout in the second, or a nail biter in the third? That's up to you to decide. Now let's talk about prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? For the daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards to treat yourself to some fresh nation gear, and you might even win a jersey from your favorite team. And for the big dogs, those who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge. Play now at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess.